0: So we were, do a demonstration, we brought them into the office, for the first time ever the CEO was brought in, and he hadn't been involved in the process at all up to this stage. And there was about 12 in the room. So I started whiteboarding, closed loop manufacturing, just in time and all that sort of stuff, and having a dialogue, and the dialogue became very strong. And An hour and a half later, the CEO looked at his watch, this is brilliant, but I've got to go. <laughs> I'm out of here. So, so guys. I've seen enough. Thanks. Let's go. And so I all stood up and said, thanks, John. That was great. Fantastic. As I was walking out, the nerdy little guy at the back said, but I haven't seen the software yet. And the CEO sort of stopped. And what I've seen is great. And they left. We got the order signed. Three weeks later, I was out there with the, actually a CFO. We were sort of walking around. The CEO walked past. Oh, good hey John. Good to see you here. What are you here for? I said, oh, we're working out where we're going to put the computer silence. and Does a computer come with this? He had totally bought the outcome. No idea what the product was that was going to help deliver the outcome.
1: Hi, friends. Welcome to the Sales Enablement Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Paul. Now, that was John Smybert. But John's the co-author of a new book titled The Wentworth Prospect. And we start off our conversation talking about John's book. It's a very unusual sales book because it's written in the form of a novel. So, uh, a complete story. uh, Very interesting read, so you want to make sure you check that out. In our conversation, John and I talk about why, as buyers have become more empowered, they don't value sellers and their advice like they used to. And why buyers don't believe sellers will positively influence their thinking about their business. We also get into how buying has changed and how become more complex and why the process oftentimes stalls, the buying process oftentimes stalls, and why buyers have difficulty gaining consensus among the stakeholder group and what that means for sellers. And we dive into why one of the biggest challenges for us as sellers today is to learn how to gain the buyer's trust as a valued, trusted advisor rather than as a product sales organization. This is really crucial. So we get into that and much, much more. But before we get to John, I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it. And if you subscribe, we'd certainly appreciate if you could also leave us a review, let us know how we're doing. We'd really appreciate that. So thank you. All right, let's jump into it. John, welcome back to the show. Andy, delighted to be here. Yet again, it's good Yet to see again. you. It's great to see you as well. We Actually, listeners, we're actually seeing each other while we record this. <laughs> Just. People think we're imagining the other person on the other end of the the line. Um, so, how are things going? Absolutely wonderful. As you know,
0: I'm uh, in the end of a six year project that uh, and in launching a book. So um, it's
1: a it's a massive relief to some
0: extent, but also the exciting part when I get to talk to lots
1: of people about it. Yeah, well, I, th- I find that process that when I write a book and I talk to people about it, that I actually learn more about. The book itself.
0: That's a good point. That's a good point. That's been happening
1: quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. You sort of figure out, okay, well, this is what I wrote. Interesting. So <laughs> so you've done something, and excuse the pun, you've done something that for a sales book is really quite novel. You like that? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's a novel. <laughs> so you've written a sales book in the form of a novel. It's titled The Wentworth Project. So oh, why a novel? Well, Wentworth Prospect. Prospect, excuse um, me. Gosh, guy, yep, what a wrong Wentworth. With it's all about
0: a prospect we're we're trying to sell to, right? Right, that's right. Uh, so the Wentworth Prospect. Why a novel? Why a novel? It, it's uh, when I started this project, I'd read another sales novel um, by Tony Hughes, uh, the yeah. Joshua Principle. Right, the Joshua Principle, his first book. Yeah, and. Um, I thought that's a great way to to communicate a message, uh, and I love novels. I, I yeah, I'm always got a novel I'm in the middle of, uh, and I'm saying well, lots of other people out there love novels too, even salespeople, right? Sure. Well, yeah. So, so I, I thought this is a great way to communicate communicate a message. So I gave myself a challenge to write a better novel than Tony Hughes. Uh, Tony'd love to hear me say that, I'm sure. I, I, just,
1: I was talking to Tony yesterday, so, as a matter of fact. So, <laughs> okay.
0: Well, t- well, Tony, uh, Tony's written the forward to the the novel, which mm-hmm. um, I, I was absolutely delighted with, and it's it's one of the best forwards I've ever read. I think it's brilliant. Anyway. Um, so uh, my my friend Wayne Maloney came to me and said, "Look, I've written two books. He'd been working with uh, me on a, a program I've got which is around deal strategy, mm-hmm. uh, helping organizations uh, improve the way they strategize their deals. And he said, "I want to put this this uh, into an, uh, my third book. Do you mind if I do that?" I said, yeah, and he said, well, will you write it with me? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'll do that on one condition. He said, what's that? We make it a novel. It's probably the worst bloody statement I've ever made in my life <laughs> um, because, you know, six years later, I realized just what a job it is. But he, yeah, so we wrote a novel. Uh, it's on, it's on, a, on deal strategy, but it became much more than that. Uh, and I, I think the feedback we're getting so far is it, you know, and we I put it out to a lot of salespeople working in my background's IT and software mm-hmm. and services right. and so on so a, a lot of um, I found a lot of 30 35 year old salespeople and asked them to read this book This is going back six or eight months ago now uh, and to get their feedback. Uh, and uh, yeah lots of recommendations, lots of suggestions. But the bottom line is they all loved it, absolutely loved it. So I, um, I, I figured, yeah, this, this is, this is going to be, it's a page turner. Not, we're not going to pretend it's going to be the best novel you've ever written. Uh, we'd <laughs> right. love it to you know, be at that sort of class, but it, <clears throat> I'm sure it won't be. Uh, but it's, it's a page turner uh, and those that love sales uh, I think it'll be a reminder for a lot of the experts out there. It'll reinforce what what they're doing and and you know touch up maybe a little bit of what they should be doing, uh, but for learners and and people fairly new to sales, particularly larger
1: B two B complex mm-hmm. sales,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I think they'll love it.
1: Well, first of all, I have to congratulate you on your ambition. I mean, I haven't as I said before, I haven't finished it. About a third of the way into it. Uh, it's unique for a sales book, as I said. It's the only sales book I've read where somebody actually dies in the book, um, <laughs> as opposed to authors who die when people don't like their books. Um,
0: I think it's in the first chapter, isn't it?
1: It is. Yeah. But so, yeah, as you said, you set it up, and yeah, it. <laughs> like I said it's very ambitious, and and but I think it's it's great to be able to come out with a new format that's just. Different than every other sales book that's out there. Um, so,
0: well, thank you, thank you, uh, and, and yeah, we really do hope it creates some value for a lot of people out there.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the things you're passionate about is, is, as many of us are, is, is creating change in sales. And yeah, I was reading something else you had written. You'd, you'd said a, a pebble does not cause a tsunami, and that's what's needed to create positive change in sales. So. What's what is this positive change you're envisioning?
0: Positive change is, is and it, it's it's really interesting. Can I go back one step? We've got Absolutely. a third writer we brought into it, Jeff Clulow. So the three authors in this book, and it was a collaborative effort that's gone on for years now. Um, uh, and um, Jeff was going through a learning process. He's got business background, but he in big business background, but he hasn't got direct B two B sales background. So he had to go through a learning process as we're writing it, and he ended up being more the novelist than, than Wayne and I in this in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and he kept wanting to say that, you know, this is a whole new way of selling. Uh, and I'd sit back and say, well, you know, there's nothing new since the wheel was invented, really. We just build on what's happened in the past. Right. And the world of sales is changing. Everybody talks, you know, every consultant I talk to, yeah, the world's changing. What's changed? Well, the way buyers buy and the buying journey and all that sort of stuff. Well, yes, it has, and the technology and the information that we've got access to, and you know, the internet, and all sorts of things, and now you know, um, the, the, you know the technology that's driving change now is is all about artificial intelligence and machine learning and so on. It's making a massive change to how we sell. But the bottom line on the people that really knew how to sell back in my era and before is that selling is about Working with another person is engaging with another person. It's all about helping that other person drive change in in themselves or their business. Mm-hmm. And in and, and big business, it's a group of people making a decision to change. Uh, and so, selling in one respect hasn't changed a lot when done properly. And and the real essence of the what we wanted to get across in the book is is selling is about taking people through a thinking journey, a thinking journey towards a change. It's not about selling your product. And so we really wanted to focus on that. Now, the book itself, half the book is, is in discovery. Now, if the people think of a sales process, discovery is an early stage in the sales process. The book, Half the book is discovery. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason for that. That's where the real selling occurs. And yet in discovery, you never discuss your
1: product. In good selling, well, yeah, in good selling, right? And we're, I want to dig into that a little bit deeper a little bit later. But I, <laughs> I figured you would. <laughs> but I think that that yeah, you make such a, a great point, mate. Just because it's one that I believe in very strongly myself, which is that is that you know the buyers, yeah, they that's not about persuading somebody to to buy your product. You're talking about influencing how they're thinking about their business, about what their problem is and what their potential outcomes are that they can have from solving that problem, which is a completely different mindset to take to selling than, oh, I've got this product I need to persuade somebody to buy it.
0: I learned that lesson very well fairly early in my sales career. Mm-hmm, me too. And if you don't mind, I might tell you a story. Go ahead, please. It's I was I was selling manufacturing solutions, software, manufacturing software. This is mm-hmm. in the 80s, uh, and uh, I was, this I was selling to a lighting manufacturer. Uh, this particular case, uh, and and I got very good at doing the fl- walk around the manufacturing floor and and talking about the cues in front of every machine and all that sort of stuff and understanding their issues and problems and challenges. Uh, so I did all that, <clears throat> took them through some thinking. Um, and, and talked about talked about what the outcome might be and they they, they visualised a new, new way in which they'd manufacture that have smaller queues, being able to go from way to go, design and develop a product and have it out the door much more quickly, all mm-hmm. sorts of things that would drive their profitability and growth in their business. So they, they loved all this conversation, discussion and eventually um, they said, "Yeah, this sounds good um, we'd put a proposal on the table. Well, we need a demonstration of the software, and I hated that because everybody every time you got into the software, the software itself is not the solution, right? You know, and it's it's feature function type stuff, and they'll say, "Why does that happen there?" and why does and they get right away from the the reason for the whole thing. Yep. So, all right, we do a demonstration. We brought them into the office uh, for the first time ever. The CEO was brought in. And he hadn't been involved in the process at all up to this stage. And there was about 12 in the room. And we had two, these are old green screens, two green screens Mm -hmm. sitting up there and a big whiteboard. So I started whiteboarding, closed loop manufacturing, just in time and all that sort of stuff and having a dialogue. And the, the dialogue became very strong. And An hour and a half later... The CEO looked at his watch. This is brilliant, but I've got to go. <laughs> I'm out of here. So, so, guys, I've seen enough. Thanks. Let's go. Uh, and, and so I all stood up and said, thanks, John. That was great. Fantastic. Um, and the, as I were walking out, a nerdy little guy at the back said, but I haven't seen the software yet. And the CEO <laughs> sort of stopped, shook his head a little bit and said, oh, no, I've seen enough. Come on. Well, what I've seen is great. And they left. We got the yep. order signed. Yep. Three weeks later, I was out there with the... The, the C, the, the, the actually a CFO, who was sort of the computer guy as well. And, um, and the, we're sort of walking around. The CEO walked past. Said, oh, good hey John. Good to see you here. What are you here for? I said, oh, we're working out where we're going to put the computer. And there was silence. And he looked at me and said, does a computer come with this? <laughs> he had totally bought the outcome. No idea what the product was that was going to help deliver the outcome. Sure, and that to me taught me a great lesson. You're yep. selling the outcome. You're helping them visualize where they're going to be and what, why it's valuable, and they they then express that value in their own mind. Yep, the product is almost immaterial. Well, yes, it's you've done. got to have it. Yes, it's got to have, deliver what the end result is, but it's almost immaterial.
1: Yeah, I. I agree 100%. I think that that you're talking about you know, influencing people's thinking, helping people make up their minds, and yet so much of training around selling and the way we orient sellers is that your job is to change the buyer's mind. And I think when you go into it with that perspective, that your job as a seller is to persuade somebody to change their mind about what they're doing, let's say, as opposed to helping them make up their mind about what that change is going to, could potentially be, it generates different outcomes. Exactly. I, I, I use the word thinking journey. Our job is help the customer go through a
0: thinking journey. Yeah. Uh, and in doing so, we do challenge them. We we uh, do disrupt their thinking. So I don't mind the word challenge. I don't mind the word disrupt.
1: I think disrupt is better. Yeah. yeah I mean, and the reason being is is that at least the way challenge is used it's sort of like, okay, we're gonna enable our sellers. Here are these, you know, three challenges, right? And you're gonna use them at this point in time, as opposed to when you're disrupting, it's to me it's that's more organic, right? Because you're really listening to the buyer. It's unique to what the buyer is going through. And that canned business insight you have doesn't apply across the board. It's whether it's disrupt, challenge, whatever,
0: it's it's yeah. getting the customer through a thinking journey where the, it, as they come out of the other end of that thinking, they aha, the lights come on. Yep. This will make a difference to our business. I can see the value. I can see how we'll be operating in the future. We are going to uh, improve our market share, reduce our costs dramatically. We're going to do this and this. Now they have a vision and you've helped them realise that vision or, or develop that vision with... The way we do it, and we can talk more about the way we do it. But certainly, by asking questions and telling stories and taking them through a discovery process, that I think is really important for us to think about how we do that.
1: Yeah, let's. So, I, one other thing I want to talk to you first before we get into that is is because um, I saw read this and you have this chart laid out for your sort of authentic selling yeah uh, you know, process that you write yep. about and. You have in there, and this is a point I just want to drill down because I. This is one that I've I've changed my own thinking about. Is yeah, you know, for as many of us, for years we sort of sort of recited this this uh, statistic that's come out from I don't know who it was, it was Serious Decisions or somewhere that you know buyers are X percent of the way through their buying journey before they engage with a seller, mm-hmm. and. I used to believe that, but I, I guess I don't anymore. I mean, I, I think they may be some percentage of the way through the time they've allocated or budgeted to make a decision, but I don't think there's a way to measure percent of completion on a decision.
0: You know, you, you raise a really important point. Um, I, I, I believe if, if you've been called by a supplier, uh, by a customer, potential customer, who says, and you know, we're looking to make a decision, we've got a challenge in our business and we want to uh, acquire an, a, a, a solution that's uh, going to look like this, we think, uh, you're too late. You're not going to help the customer much. You're going you're to put a product in front of them. You're going to go feature function benefit. Um, you're going to try and get them back to mm-hmm. you know, more and more about their problem and try and dig deeper in the problem. But if they've done a lot of work on that, they don't want to go there. They've already done that. Um, so so you haven't got an opportunity to what I call sell. And, and a lot of people say, why do you use that word sell? Now we shouldn't be selling. Well, the fact is we are selling. And the word sell is the, the, the background, the meaning of the word sell, the old English word salan meant to give. And right. selling is all about giving and helping other people. It's not about us and getting an order. And if that's what our mindset is, get out of sales or change your mindset. So yeah, we need to get back to what what it's all about, and it's helping other people. It really is.
1: Well, I think that I, as I've thought more about this, and and part triggered by reading some things that you'd written, is is that yeah, I look at some of the what I diagnose as some of the the real problems we have in sales today with really low win rates, and yeah, you know, much more of this reliance on sort of this persuasion-based, heavy-handed selling that we see certainly in the software world, because everybody's, quote-unquote, a closer, um, is I think it's it's partly driven by this fact that everybody's sort of bought into this myth that if the buyer, by the time they fully engage with the buyer, they're already halfway through their decision-making process. So thus, to your point, I can't (laughs) change their minds about what they think their problem is and how they want to solve it. I can only battle on the front of them choosing me as a vendor and I think okay. it, I, it, I think it creates a set of behaviors that that are very counterproductive and that have led us to where we are today Every buying journey starts with uh, their status quo being upset.
0: Something has upset, upset the system. It can be a problem. It can be, uh, it can be something like they're mo- losing market share, the, the big ones, losing market share or profitability is dropping or whatever. Or it can be smaller problems. Whatever the, the issues and challenges are, something's upset their status quo. Well, the reality is good salespeople are really good at upsetting the status quo by going in and asking questions that make the customer think, ah, you know, the world's changing and I'm not keeping up. Thank you for raising it. What should we do about it? So it's you know, that that very start. And, you know, what causes that? Well, people talk about trigger events, and there are lots of trigger events happening all the time in business, and the, and the really good executives are looking for them all the time. What's happening in my business and the businesses around me and the, and the environment around me that I need to be aware of, a trigger that's happening that needs to that means we need to start thinking about something. That's when the buying journey begins. We as salespeople need to be there then or soon after that if we're really going to help the customer through their buying journey. It's too late later on and, and you know, the opportunity to sell is no longer there.
1: Well, if we're too late, somebody else has done the work that we want to have done. Whether it's I mean, another
0: salesperson or yeah. it's a consulting company or right. it's a, you know, hmm, whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, this I love this you know framing you put on in terms of you know influencing the thinking of the the buyer because I think you know one of the problems besides having sales processes that are completely disconnected from the buying process is that we don't really fundamentally understand the buying process and and I've had this very simple framework I you know use with people on this is that you know think about the buying process is really three three steps, if you will. And very simply they're the what step, the how step, and the who step. What is what's our problem? Right? What's the problem we're trying to solve? Mm-hmm. What are the outcomes we can achieve? Yep. The how step is, well, how are we gonna do that? What are the options? Have what are the, the options?
0: Different options. Which one makes, which
1: makes, makes the best sense, yeah. Right. And the what and the how have nothing to do with the product. That's, That's right. your point. It's all about, it's all, though if you're talking product in the what and the how stages, you're playing the losing game because it's not what the buyer needs from you. And then once they choose an option, then the third order decision is, well, who are we going to do this with?
0: Yeah. Who has something that will do this for us? Right. Will help that, us do this, yeah.
1: But if you're not in there influencing the what and the how, you have no opportunity to win on the who because <laughs> at that, that point all you're doing is just flogging a product as you talk about yeah, I love your term product floggers you're just a product flogger at that point and you're selling basically on features and price
0: that's right, and that's right and and, and you, you may or may not win the business, but if you do win you're going to be win at a much reduced margin you won't be seen as a real valued provider that's the going to be in there for the long term necessarily. There's, there's all sorts of issues with doing it that way. If you win and your chances of winning are much, much less. And of course, the other thing, if you go right back to the beginning of the buying journey and identify an issue or problem, there's many, many different ways of addressing that. When they've got through to when they're going to talk to suppliers, they've made a decision on how they're going to address it. There could have been other ways and you may have a different way of addressing it but you haven't had an opportunity to bring them to that. So you don't even know that the opportunity exists mm-hmm. because they haven't come to you with your particular type of solution or thinking about your particular type of solution.
1: Right. Well, it just raises a point that I thought it'd be good to, to touch on because you, you sort of raised a little bit before, but so yeah, you know, in from in a desired state, what is selling?
0: What is selling? Yeah. Well, to me, bottom line, selling is is helping a customer achieve an outcome for their business. And I'm talking business customers here, of course, yeah, and, yeah. and that customer means multiple people. Uh, but helping a customer achieve an outcome uh, that is valued by them—that's what sales is, and 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 that process you go through to do that is a process where you help a customer fully understand the current situation, the problems they've got, the implications of those problems, number one. Mm -hmm. And then you take them on a thinking journey say, okay, if we've got that problem, let's think about different ways of addressing it and we take them on a journey, a thinking journey to a new way of thinking that they say, aha, that's highly valuable. So it's going to address my problems and deliver these outcomes. By the way, we haven't talked about a product yet. Yeah. (laughs) This is the way they're going to operate their business. Uh, and and yeah that's that's what i call it and the book calls it discover and disrupt right that's the essence of selling all the rest when you start introducing your product put a proposal together demonstrate products whatever you do are just confirming what they've already bought they bought the outcome they bought the philosophy they bought the vision
1: they haven't yet bought the product but that's the easy part once they've bought the vision yeah and so let's talk then about discovery. Um, yeah, in your opinion, I think you would agree, you as do I, you consider it the most important part of the process. Um, why is that?
0: I guess it's everything we've just been discussing. Um it's where you create value for your customer. Mm-hmm. And by the way, um a sales a good salesperson is much more value to the customer than a good product.
1: How oh, absolutely. About that? Yeah. Absolutely.
0: yeah, so so all these all these organizations that say, "Well, we're going to hire a salesperson because he knows how to sell because he knows how to pick up our product and put the product in front of the customer and hit the customer to buy the product, they don't understand what a good salesman salesperson actually does. Right? They're in there as a consultant, they're in there helping the customer think of, understand their challenges and issues and then take them on a thinking journey to a new way of thinking right, that's what selling is, then going to the product. See, it's, it, I talk about it all the time, but it's so frustrating because... <laughs>
1: well, I, uh, I'm with you. I mean, I'm with you on that frustration. So I, I've, my definition of selling is slightly different, but aligned with yours, because it's like a step, almost a step before yours. is. But it plays right into this topic of discovery, which is, you know, to me, selling is about how you listen... As a seller, you listen to understand what's the most important thing to the customer, and then help them get that. Yeah, yeah. and and so I, when I talk with discovery about people, I say, "Well, what's the what's the purpose of discovery?" And everybody talks about you know gathering information and and so on. It's like no, it's really about understanding, isn't it? Right, And through the process of asking questions to help yourself understand is you're helping the buyer understand. That's the point.
0: And and I've got – Wayne has a customer uh, that very early in the piece uh, when uh, one of Wayne's people was selling to him, uh, the the, the salesperson said, look, I I need to come in and do a discovery, do my discovery. And the customer looked at him and said – I don't want you to do your discovery. I want you to help me do help me do my discovery. <laughs> my discovery, right. <laughs> <laughs> and and if you if you and think about it from a mindset point of view, if we have the mindset that we're going to go in and I'm going to discover what, what the what the customer situation is and what their problems and implications are, you're not creating any value for the customer. You've got the wrong mindset. It's all about you, not the customer. Your mindset's gotta be I'm going to go in and help the customer. Discover.
1: Yes, absolutely. Right. It's, it's, you're helping buyer, the customer define the problem they're trying to solve. You can't go in with the assumption, and this is what too many sellers do, it's a fatal assumption on the part of sellers, is that the buyers have a perfect understanding of their problem or the potential outcomes they could achieve by solving it. And yeah, they might have some knowledge about it. Because, you know, they've done some research, they've looked online so on, but they don't have an understanding.
0: No. A lot of people with, you know, the old solution selling model, and, and solution selling done, done right, is, is nothing wrong with it. But more often than not, solution selling is done wrong. And that is, I'm going to ask the customer what his problem is. And when he, when he or she describes that problem, I will then say, I have a solution for that and I'll propose my solution. We're not creating any value for the customer at all. And, and, and you know that I don't blame customers for saying get out of my office you know you're not helping me you're not creating value for me and I don't want your product until I understand more about the issues I've got the challenges I've got the implications of those and and, and what the options are and and you take me on a thinking journey or whatever yeah you know, solution selling in that raw form is just no value
1: right yeah I <laughs> It's I don't know whether it's a mindset. It's like how do we how do we reorient thinking, right? Because this is really this is we look at sales behaviors that that we think okay, you know these are not optimal. These aren't helping the buyer. You know it's all about the seller. These are not innate human behaviors. I don't believe they're you. not, and they're not. They're, they're acquired. This is why we train people. So, but what you're describing and the things that we've been talking about here today, because you and I think are pretty aligned on this, is much more around natural human behaviors, right? Where you're, you lead with curiosity, you, yeah, you, you want to understand, you have empathy for someone. Uh,
0: where do we go wrong? When you think about it, you, you sit around a, a dinner table and, and you have a conversation around the dinner table and the ones that are, are, are recognized as outstanding conversationalists uh, and take that conversation to a new area and everybody gets excited about, you know, the way we're changing the world or whatever. It's, it, it is. It's It's guys that the, the, the guys or girls that are, are curious, that are asking questions, that are interested in the other people. And yet we train people to be just the opposite. We train mm-hmm. people, here's your product. Uh, it's really going to drive change out here. Here's how it can drive change. Go and talk about how you can drive change in your customers and how the product's going to do that. It's just, it's, it's a cultural thing uh, in, in companies. And, and, and I, I think I need to emphasise the book. When we wrote the book, we, we thought the real change has to happen in organisations. They need to think differently as an organisation about how they sell. It's not an individual changing when the organization changes and mm-hmm. their behavior is the right sort of behavior, it'll drive the right sort of behavior in the people and the sales team.
1: So it starts. So that time. that's
0: where the change has to occur. So the book actually goes back and says, "Well, how can we get sales leaders to understand that?" Well, we wrote a story about how a sale occurs, and 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 that and the book helps them. And, and by the way, we have. Wonderful characters in the book, both mm-hmm. you know, evil characters and good characters. If you like, right. we have the evil sales managers and the good sales managers. We have the evil companies and the good companies, um, and and it's all to help us understand this. So ultimately, you know, to illustrate this point, recently I was working with a um, a startup, a mature startup, mm-hmm. uh, and they uh, had they they'd got to the stage where they they decided they needed to hire. Uh, four new salespeople in the business, and most of the selling up till then had been done by the CEO and and a couple of the right. other people in the organisation. And they went out and, and and they decided they had a great great funding. They decided they're going to pay a lot of money to get really good salespeople, and they would hired in some guys with guys and girls with some really good track record that you know year after year had been successful. And none of those salespeople were successful in their organisation. They failed dismally. And that's when they brought me and I looked at it and I, it was the, exactly the issue we're talking about. They, the, the founder and everybody else were so in love with their product and the enthusiasm, mm. etc. and they had ne- their network and they'd worked with their network and they'd got sales. But they didn't understand what selling was. And they brought in top salespeople, said, here's our product. Here's why it's wonderful. Go out and sell it. And they had none of the framework in place, the culture to support a selling organization, a sales force. And these top salespeople all failed. And it wasn't because they didn't have a great product. They had a wonderful product, but they all failed. So it gets back to getting that right culture in place in your organization, getting everybody with the right mindset. It's about the customer and helping the customer through their journey. And that's not about our product. It's not about talking about us. That's, a, that's the point.
1: Yeah, as I like to say it's, it's, a, it's a battle of ideas, not a battle of products. Yeah, And yeah. if you have no ideas to help them with, to enable the buyer with, the customer with, Yeah, we've got to be on the outside looking in.
0: You've read the first 100 pages or so Mm -hmm. of the book, uh, and and you will have seen that our heroine has developed some great domain expertise. She's selling cybersecurity solutions into the financial industry, and she developed some really strong domain expertise around the financial industry and and how cybersecurity is impacting the financial industry. Uh, and I made we made that, uh, or emphasized that in the book and in the Heron, because in my view, if you don't have domain expertise in some aspect of the customer domain, there's no way you can have those valuable conversations. And yet we tend to train our people in our product and
1: not in a good understanding of the
0: customer's domain.
1: For sure. I mean, that's... That. Yeah, gets oftentimes gets sort of left behind because uh, again, we think that everything's about the product. I mean, look at the yeah you know, the <laughs> the hot new trend in sales is called product led growth. Uh, <laughs> it's you know it's not about the customer; it's about the product. And it's not like it's really new. It's sort of a rehash what's done something that's been done before. But yeah, it's sort of the well. Let me ask another question because we're talking sort of generic questions that are really relevant to sort of envisioning sales in a way that that is more effective especially selling to the enterprise is value so perhaps the most overused words in sales is value so in your mind what is value
0: well I'm going I'm going to go back to what we we're just discussing and that's mindset um, we, we, again a lot of us teach our salespeople to talk value the value of my proposal the value of my solution for you mr customer is mm-hmm. there's only one person that really can express the value or one organization that's the customer mm-hmm. okay and and so again we need that mindset uh, our our conversation with the customer needs to be asking the customer to as we take them through that thinking journey to a new way of thinking to get them to express what the value of that would be to them not us trying to tell them that our value proposition is, boom. Um, It's all about the customer. And the value is whatever the customer perceives. It's not what we perceive. And so it's so important that we're asking the customer all the time, what do you perceive as the value in in what we're discussing? That's value. Now, that could be anything. Whatever the customer wants it to be. Yeah. But once we understand it, we're now in a position to be able to help them achieve that value, and I'll tell you what: no matter how they express it, more often than not, our price will be just such a small percentage of that value that it's <laughs> exactly. irrelevant.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, to me, as I look at it, as yeah, everything you sort of said is is. But if you look at the the implications of uh, providing the, you know, whether it's a question, but white. White paper, case study, whatever, whatever form it takes, something that you're providing to the buyer that they acknowledge has value to them. What value ends up becoming really is progress, right? That as a result of you conveying and delivering this value to the buyer, and again, in whatever form, they are some way closer to being able to make a decision than they were before you provided it to them.
0: Yep. I, I don't
1: like the word delivering by the way the value yeah, I, you know, the right. value
0: the value is is achieved by the customer with your help but they sure. they perceive what the value might be and then when you start implementing a, a, a solution or start proposing a solution first off they'll look at that and say am I going to get that value I perceived yes I am now we'll do implementation uh, am I getting that value I perceived? Uh, it's their perception of value, absolutely. Uh, and it's and and I hate company value propositions. I hate <laughs> a statement of what our value is because right. because it, it it it's again a statement that drives the wrong mindset. It's driving us and what we achieve for the customer versus
1: what the customer can achieve with our help. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's our statement of what we perceive our value to be.
0: Yeah and 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 i much rather tell stories about how other customers have achieved their, the value they perceived uh, with our help than I would about you know our value, our value proposition is and this is how we've delivered it in the past and so on. Right. It's not it's not us, it's them. It's all about the customer.
1: So yeah, as reading through everything that you've done is is it's like and this I've you know arrived at this conclusion, I'm not the only one, you we're not the only ones, but it's is just the culture has to change around sales, around B2B selling. And I think this is what makes it so challenging because it's just like selling to a customer. There's, there's inertia because for most sales organizations at one level or another, they're basically saying, well, hey, the way we're doing it now is good enough. And yeah, that's, that's, that's a mindset. Once you, begin,
0: once you begin with that mindset, that's the first step towards failure. Yeah. First step towards going out backwards.
1: Yeah. So it's like sort of last question we have time to sort of dig into. It. It's just like, how, I know we talked before, we got to start at the top, but but what's, what's the way to make a CEO or CRO or sales leader of some sort? This group of people sort of buy into this idea that there's actually more we can achieve. And more in a way that is beneficial to the buyer, beneficial to us, cause not only do we establish these these better relationships, they're longer term, so lifetime customer value goes up. Lots of lots of values from being able to sell this way.
0: Well, you're absolutely right. It starts from the top. And the the challenge is to to work to find the people in the top of the organization that do get their mind around that we need to change. Yeah. Um, that can come from a whole host of things. Um, in the book, it started coming from the fact that the, the financial institution, they had all sorts of cybersecurity issues, but everything they were doing to try and address it was, was impacting their customer relationships, mm-hmm. the customer experience. Uh, and so they the, the, the executive were learning. They weren't learning fast enough. And with, with the heroin's help, they got to learn that, wow, hang on a second. We're fixing one problem over here and creating another problem over here. And this salesperson's helped us understand that. So they actually went out and did a whole lot more customer experience research uh, to find out what the problem was and then rethought the way they're addressing cybersecurity over here. It, it's, it, you've got to find the executives in the organization that are switched on, and most are. I mean, if you, go to, if you go and look at most organizations, I looked at research recently that said something like 70% of CEOs and senior executives want to have their thinking disrupted because they know they need to have mm-hmm. their thinking disrupted mm-hmm. to survive and grow in business. Right. So they're looking for people that will help them do that. So if we go in and say, hey, you know, let's think about the way you're dealing with your customers, uh, and I think you might have a cultural issue. Let's go back and talk about what the issues might be. You, you're going through a sales process with the executive. And unless you get them across the line and say, right, this is, we really have to drive a cultural change in our organisation. I understand what it is. And then help them start changing their behaviour in the way they interact in meetings, on on if they're out with customers, if they're um, wherever they are in their business, they've got to start walking the talk. So they they have to go through that cultural change and then they drive it down through the organisation. It, it's a tough, tough road, but, but it's doable. And I've seen it done so many times that once you get that executive with the right mindset, you now can put a whole lot of actions in place that will drive it out through the organisation. Uh, I'm, I, I guess... Training is is a big bugbear of mine because mm. so many so many organisations spend a fair bit of money on training salespeople they and they put them through all sorts of different training and you know sales training how to hold a conversation how to do a discovery uh, and, and all of it's absolutely wasted if it's just a training program yeah. and we all know you know three weeks after a training program people go back to what they're doing and forget ninety percent of what they learned. Uh, so it's got to be reinforced. So you can put people through changing, uh, a change program, which includes training, but there needs to be behavioral change behind that to help them actually change that mindset we're talking about, Being positioning the customer as, as, as number one, having all the right conversations with the mm-hmm. customer, as we've discussed, both in discovery, developing value and so on. Uh, and And, but the organization's got to be supporting the salesperson in doing that sales manager, all the sales enablement people, uh, the pre-sales people, the the delivery people, everybody. it It is a whole change that we need to go through. But, um, I, I'm not saying it's easy, but get the right people in place at the top, and and it's remarkable what they can achieve.
1: Perfect. All right, well, John, thank you so much for joining me. So if people want to learn more about your your novel, um, how can they do that? Well, go to
0: wherever you buy your books, uh, The Wentworth Prospect, do um, a search on The Wentworth Prospect. Uh, my name, John Smybert, Wayne Maloney, and Jeff Clulow are the three authors. Uh, and, uh, look, I, I'm really looking forward. If, if you pick up this book, uh, I, I want feedback. Um we we want to we want to put out multiple editions of this book. We want to continually improve it. We think we have something that will really help you start driving the change we're talking about in your organization at an executive level. If you're a salesperson, you'll understand, particularly if your organization is trying to become much more customer-oriented, mm-hmm. you'll understand how to sell more effectively within your organization to your customers. So I, I, we need the feedback. Give us the feedback. And, and anybody that write, uh, reads it and thinks it's as good as I think it is, please put up a quick review on Amazon or wherever you of course, wherever you buy your book. Um, I, uh, we, we think we have a real game changer with this book. So uh, really looking for everybody's feedback.
1: Excellent. And of course, they can connect with you on LinkedIn probably as well. Uh, anybody you need to connect with me, yeah, just jump on LinkedIn and send me a message. Perfect. Well, John, a pleasure as always.
0: Oh, it's been great to talk with you, Andy. Sorry, I get a bit passionate sometimes, but it's so important. No, I love it. I love it. No, and we it's... need
1: to drive professionalism in the world of B2B. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% aligned with you on that. So um, yeah, well, my new book coming out in February. deals with oh, I'm looking topics. forward to that. Deals <laughs> with similar topics in a different way. But uh, yeah, I think yeah, you'll appreciate, I appreciate that book as well. So, all right, John, thank you so much. Thank you, Andy. Have a great day. Okay, friends, that's it for this episode. First of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. I'm so grateful for your support of the show. And I want to thank my guest, John Smybert, for sharing his insights with us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast, Sales Enablement with Andy Paul on iTunes, Spotify, or every listen to podcast. So, thank you for that. And thank you so much for investing your time with me today. Until next time, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good self everyone.